And now, your go-to source for year-round fantasy hockey advice, DFS, and betting coverage. This is NHL Fantasy on Ice, presented by Skip, the official food delivery app of the NHL. Tate Thompson goes down and Jack Hughes is closing in on a return. Brought to you by our good friends over at Skip. It's time for another episode of NHL Fantasy on Ice, Week 6 Mailbag Edition. Nick Alberga, Pete Jensen, and Anna Dua with you. What's going on, Pete? What's up, Nick? Uh, not a good development for the Buffalo Sabres. Anna and I were texting. They might be done. We'll break it all down today. Skip, of course, the official food delivery app of the NHL. And yeah, just such a huge loss, literally and figuratively, Anna. Uh, seriously, guys, the injury bug is all over the league right now, and you can see when you lose a big player like that, the New Jersey Devils have lost three in a row without Jack Hughes, so good news that he's nearing return on the horizon, but I wouldn't be surprised if the same thing happens to the Buffalo Sabres now. Yeah, they're in trouble, and we've been saying this all season long. You lose your best player, you're in big-time trouble as you bring in today's guest, and I'm going to welcome him in, and then, by the way, i got a statement to make, a statement to make on this show as you bring in Chris Meany from the FTN Network. How are you, buddy? I'm doing good, Nick. Uh, thanks, guys, for having me. Doing a lot better, I guess, than the Buffalo Sabres these days. Yes, and we're going to get to that story. A written statement, guys, is what I have from Lauren Jabara, the current leader of the NHL Fantasy on Ice YouTube draft pool, brought to you by our amazing folks over at Jersey Mike's. As the great Herb Brooks once said, great moments are born from great opportunity. That, that's what we have here tonight, boys and girls. I added girls. That's what we've earned here tonight. Team Jabbar down is raising the Jabbar this year. Look good, feel good, feel good, play good, play good. They pay good. An official statement from Lauren Jabara. Your thoughts, Chris Meany? Well said. <laughs> well said. I'm a big fan of that statement. You're starting off the podcast pretty strong here, I'd say. Well, speaking of opportunity, Anna, right? Like, this is a big one for a number of guys. Casey Middlestat, JJ Paterka. Right, players like that. Zach Benson, when he comes back from injury, I know they sent Savoy down to the WHL maybe a little too early, but I mean, this is a deep prospect pool that you would hope would be able to be elevated. Any of those individual players, maybe just one of them. I'm curious to hear, Anna, who you like the most from those secondary names on the Sabres that could maybe be elevated and, and cash in here fantasy wise. I feel like this is a really good opportunity to stream some of these guys just in the absence of Tage Thompson. Casey Middlestat's one of those players where I get really nervous in fantasy guys because he's shown flashes in the past but hasn't really been too consistent. The player I think I'd be the most excited about on Buffalo now heading forward has got to be J.J. Paterka. I'm really high on this kid. I think in daily fantasy situations, depending on the matchup, he's a player I always have my eye on and now has an expanded role. But my goodness, Buffalo just – I saw something the other day on Twitter that was like do the Bills have a higher chance of making the playoffs or the Sabres and I think the Sabres were ahead of the Bills and now I don't know I don't know the city has like traumatized me Nick no Anna the answer is neither of them that's a simple answer I don't even watch football I can tell you that's the simple answer there so seven eight and one through 16 here Thompson goes down he got hurt not once but twice by the way in that game uh, internally I think you guys are bang on Casey Middlestat Dylan Cousins if Buffalo is going to find their way out of this those two guys up the middle have to be the the remedies for that situation. Externally, if you're looking for replacements, Matt Duchesne's been cooking. We talked about him on Monday. Points in 9 of 10. Wyatt Johnston, 5 points in the past 3. Ryan O'Reilly, 7 points in the past 5. Cole Perfetti, a 7-game point streak where he has 4 goals, 5 assists, 9 points. So, uh, curious to get your opinion, Means, on, on what's going on with the Buffalo Sabres and some looks who can replace Tage Thompson up the middle there. 
Yeah, I mean, I do agree with Paterka here. He's going to get an opportunity to start it off with like 13, 14 minutes a night and then living in the 19-minute range, points in seven of his last nine. And in eight of those games, he put at least two pucks on net. So you like the fact that he's shooting. I do agree with Anna on middle stat. I mean, there's some upside there. Never really been able to put it together. I thought in the second half last year, basically a point-per-game guy, was given an opportunity on that first power play and was doing some good things, but doesn't really shoot. I'd look elsewhere. I think the, the Sabres are a mess. You know, they weren't really getting any offense from Tage Thompson or Alex Tuck to start the season. Now both of those guys are are dealing with an injury. They can't keep the puck out of their net. Their 5-5 five and five numbers are not fantastic either. So just to add to that, Nick, like a guy like Robert Thomas is still hanging around in 50% of Yahoo leagues, and he's on such a heater. 10 points over the last two weeks leads the Blues. Uh, 11 points over a seven-game point streak. streak excuse me six of them are apples so uh the blues are playing pretty good hockey right now and and robert thomas and pavel buchnevich it was a rough go last year but it looks like a lot like two years ago when these guys were just a point per game duo uh and they're playing pretty good and they just happen to have a matchup against the sharks tonight and it's crazy guys how quickly things change right a, a week ago we were saying drop Stuart skinner now i might rather have Stuart skinner than devin levi and that's the sad reality here. Levi has not looked that good. They just lost their number one center. There's a ne negative ripple effect on him. And right means like there are a lot of hot goalies on the map right now around the league. John Gibson surging. Jordan Bennington proving all his doubters wrong as a workhorse goalie that's winning a ton of games. And Skinner looks pretty good under Chris Knobloch as well. Yeah, he does. And the Blues, the Oilers rather, their metrics have been great. Like following them all year long, they're among the leaders in shot attempts and high danger chances and scoring chances, but the third worst five and five shooting percentage. And then on the flip side, Nick, this is the one of the worst five and five save percentage squads, right? So Stuart Skinner's looked a pretty pretty good over the past couple. Connor Ingram has caught my eye a little bit for the Arizona Coyotes. So there's a lot of goalies out there, and the Ducks look pretty good. The second half of a back to back is a tough spot to play the Colorado Avalanche. I'd give them a little bit of a pass. Yeah, that was a bizarre back to back. You go into Nashville, then Colorado the next night, and they steamroll because the Avs were in a foul, foul mood and a tough, tough spot for the Anaheim Ducks. The last thing I'd throw into the goalie conversation too is Charlie Lindgren, three and one. 176, 947, and this is the first ever time I've, I've mentioned something like this on this show. 8.7 goals above expectancy. Top five in the entire league. Please tell me what the hell that means. But nevertheless, it's a stat, so we're loving it. And the Capitals in general, Pete, have been an excellent story. Uh, I, for one, piled up on them over their start, but somehow they're 8-4-2 they're and two here. Right, and 7-1-1 one, and one in their past nine games, and I know you got some Capitals uh, connections from the past. What's going yeah. on there? Uh, this is really impressive, and Charlie Lindgren. I mean, we got a fan question delivered by Skip. It was an interesting one. Lindgren or his former teammate Jordan Bennington for the rest of the season? Both goalies playing really well right now. They are. I mean, the Washington Capitals, it's not even like the big guns that are really impressing me as of late. It's like the secondary scorers on this team that no one gave credit to because they were talking about how their core is so old this year. Connor McMichael has four points in his last four games. Sandine has three assists in his last three games. I mean, I got to see them firsthand against the New Jersey Devils guys. And that was one of the first period in that game was one of the most dominant periods of hockey. I've seen the Washington Capitals play this entire season. They absolutely <laughs> left New Jersey out to so maybe it's too early to throw in the towel on this team. I don't know. 
Them and Pittsburgh, guys, they're going to do this all season. They did this last year. They're going to go back and forth and back and forth. They're going to win six, lose six, and we're seeing that so far with both teams respectively. Uh, Chris, I wanted to get your thoughts. Um, so my answer, by the way, Pete, to your question, the fan question there, would be Jordan Bennington. Uh, it, it's been an unbelievable start for him. 5 4 and one 2 2 7 9-30, so simple one for you means. Are the St. Louis Blues for real? And most specifically, is Jordan Bennington back? He may be back. Uh, he <laughs> looks really good. Uh, very, very impressive stuff. Uh, I would also lean with Jordan Bennington in that answer as well. Um, you know, you expect if Darcy Kemper is at full health at some point, you know, he comes back and he splits that net potentially or maybe even takes that job back. Uh, but the Blues are playing, again, back to them. They're playing really good hockey. They still have some pretty... Uh, rough metrics at five and five. They're still giving up a, a quality, some quality chances, high danger chances, some shot attempts. But as I mentioned, I mean, Rob Tom, Robert Thomas and, and Booch neighbors are pretty good. And, you know, in the betting market, even in the fantasy market, I mean, people are sleeping on Braden Shen. It's a nice little duo yeah. um, alongside Jordan Kyra at the moment. You know, Kevin Hayes is not the same type of player he was when the Flyers dished out all that money in the offseason a few years ago. But he is a decent third-line player with Rana who can put the puck in the net. So I'm more impressed with their offense as opposed to their defensive game. But, yeah, Jordan Bennington is, is playing pretty good. And it's easy to say, ah, I don't want Bennington because of all the bad moments that stick in your head over the past few years. But he's stopping pucks, and the Blues are winning hockey games. As much as I could talk about Richmond Hill King, Jordan Bennington, for hours, guys, <laughs> I need to shift the conversation over. We had a couple of fan questions, a couple, Meanie, brought to us by our good friends over at Skip. And they're all about the same guy who I've been very, very high on, and he's not getting enough air time. That's Owen Tippett for for the Philadelphia oh, Flyers right now. Many people want to trade for this guy in their own leagues. Five points, four goals in his last three games. The line he's on is so underrated. Right now he's playing with Morgan Frost. Sometimes he's also playing with Travis Konechny. I think he's a player that you have to pick up right now, right? Absolutely. He was – I took a lot of heat for that call, Anna, over at FTN. He was part of my breakout package in the in the NHL guide, and then he started off slow and – uh, it took so much heat for that, but now he's starting to pick it up a little bit. I mean, he touches a lot of categories. He's among the leaders in shot attempts at 5-5. Five and five. He throws his body around. I think the entire Flyers squad, at least the big three, I, I suppose I'm being a little hard on connecting because I wasn't going to include him in that big three. Is Couturier, Cam Atkinson, and Owen Tippett. I mean, at times they're together at 5-5. Five and five. They're playing power play time. Sean Couturier, we haven't seen him in a couple years, really, before this season. Same with Cam Atkinson. Those are guys that especially Cam Atkinson, much like Owen Tippett, putting pucks towards the goal, and I love those kind of players. If they're not doing anything on the score sheet, they're at least contributing in the shot-on-goal categories. And, and Sean Couture is just a great two-way player who is getting a lot of ice time as well. And, and that's a trio that's undervalued in fantasy and in the betting market. Love the call, Anna. Owen Tippett is a, is a really, really good hockey player that not a lot of people give credit to. That was the return in the Claude Giroux trade, right, with the Florida right. Panthers. Maybe the Panthers regret giving him up a little bit too early. He was a touted it's prospect. Sad. And then for Philly, Carter Hart, Nick, came back from injury slash illness over the past couple of weeks. They beat the Carolina Hurricanes. That's really impressive. The Hurricanes were previously undefeated at home. I mean, does this make you take Carter Hart seriously? If John Gibson, your boy, is playing really well and we're taking him and the Anaheim Ducks seriously, I think we've seen a lot more from Carter Hart in recent years, so we should take him seriously as well. 
Oh, definitely. I watched the majority of that game. That was the first time in eight, by the way, that the Flyers, I think, have won or in Carolina or beat the Canes in general. And it was well-earned. They were awesome yeah. in that game, specifically in the first period. The Canes were throwing pizzas up and around the ice. Like, it was scary. But it was it was like your prototypical John Tortorella win. Like, I think they've really taken on the identity of their head coach. And I think when you look at Hart specifically, like, I thought he was good last year. Um, obviously, the numbers didn't show that, but that team stunk defensively. You're seeing Pete now what Carter Hart can be with the the Devil or the Flyers being locked in defensively. Like that's the biggest difference for me is that they made some additions. I think they're better tuned defensively, and you're starting to see that um, you know replicate in the numbers of the goaltending here. So I'm definitely buying on Carter Hart, guys. I would say for sure for me too. And and you said the metrics, I think defensively. When yeah. I look at some of the five and five numbers over at Natural Stat Trick, you see some of the stingy teams up at the top, like the Hurricanes and the Kings and the Golden Knights. The Flyers are right there. The <laughs> Flyers are right there in terms of they're, they're a top 10 team in eliminating shot attempts and shots. And this is not what we've seen over the past few years of the Flyers. So credit to Torts has them playing. Anna brings up Tippett. You know, he's a he's a great young player. And I yes, Pete, the Panthers, they regret that trade. <laughs> <laughs> and then even comparing it to last year, building off of what Meany said, I love this podcast. Meany's like my favorite guest right now. It's like we're on the same page on everything every we're saying the entire time. <laughs> I love it. It's a great start to my day. But last year, Philadelphia was among like the bottom half of the league in that same category of allowing shots per game. So you see the difference it makes for a guy like Carter Hart. And today we have a very Canadian heavy podcast, guys. We all remember the player he was in the World Juniors for Canada. So it's nice to finally see him get a shot because he has such a high individual ceiling and I just haven't seen that in the NHL for him but I know it's there one other fan question delivered by Skip that's interesting regarding Travis Sanheim who has been one of the biggest surprises at the defenseman position Chris Meany with the ice time the point per game production the power play usage first power play remember when we were all doing our preseason projections we didn't know who the hell was going to be playing on power play one on the blue line for the Flyers and we didn't think it would be Sanheim but Hey, this guy's cashing in, wondering via the question, would you rather have him, the hot hand, or some of the tried and true guys that maybe have been a little underwhelming to start? Devon Taves, Drew Doughty, guys like that. Yeah, I really like Doughty, but he's not doing enough. Uh, the Kings are playing really good hockey. I love L.A. Um, I, I think that their brand of hockey of 5-5 five and five is so good. The fact that they, they were able to go that deep down the middle with uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois and Deneau and Ange Kopitar. A fun game tonight, uh, too, with the with the Florida Panthers. Seven-plus goals in six straight games for Florida, so we could see some offense. I think I would go with Sanheim there. I mean, he's producing at the moment. I don't think you can hang around with some of these defensemen all year long just because it's Drew Doughty. You know, he's had a great career. Kings are great, but if he's not producing for you, it's just a defenseman after all. You know, let's ride the hot hand with a Sandheim who's logging heavy minutes. The Flyers are scoring goals. The power play is pretty decent. So I, I would make that move. Devon Taves, I'd be a little bit patient with him. I know in, in DFS, we talked about him yesterday, and he had a he had a good game. I mean, he scored a goal. He's still a really good player. Um, I, I would be a little bit pa more patient with him because of the offensive upside that the Avs bring to the table. Um but definitely Sandheim. I mean, you have to have him on your roster because you're running out of time. It's going to be too late if you wait a week or two. There's got to be or a lot of fantasy owners like me uh, who own Anthony D'Angelo and guys like that who are like slowly treading in the uh, direction of like droppable. And I think mm -hmm. decisions like that have to be made. Sandheim, Tory Crew, guys like that, I think are worth a pickup over some of those guys right now. Pete, I want to get your thoughts and, and everybody here in general. Uh, brought to you by our good friends over at Skip. Producer Bob writes in, Producer Bob. Brandon Montour or Aaron Ekblad. So that's the big conversation in Florida right now. The big boys returning on the back end. 
And uh, I'll weave in uh, Oliver Ekman Larson. How do we handle this, Pete? I mean, the Panthers are right up there with like the Boston Bruins losing a ton of players left and right and still not only treading water, but dominating some of these games. I feel like a guy like Sam Reinhart has to remain on power play one and the top line, even when all these guys come back from injury. Uh, NHL edge stat leads the NHL in high danger goals this season. And Montour, guys was a top five defenseman last year in fantasy, bar none, was just as good in the playoffs, left his heart out there, you know, his body out there, took a beating, but he's going to be back soon, maybe even this week. And Eileen with Montour over Ekblad, but we have seen the two defensemen set on power play one. So don't, you know, ignore Aaron Ekblad out there in deeper leagues. I got to go with Montour as well. I just feel like after last season, he's the guy. Maybe it's recency bias, but man, he put up a phenomenal year last year. So that's where I'm at. But don't discount the other guy you mentioned, Nick. Oliver mm -hmm. ekman Larson has seven points in his past six games, three goals. And we're forgetting about Gustav Forsling as well. He's been heating up as a late four points in his last five. So a little depth add streaming option. It goes beyond just the big two in Florida. And it's looking good for the Panthers right now. It is. Uh, I'm going to go with Montour as well. Coming off a breakout season, as you guys mentioned, 16 goals, 73 points, and uh, I love my contract year, guys. So I'm going to go with Montour. Who do you like, Means? Oh, yeah, it's Montour. Easy for me. I think he's a top-five defenseman. If I was ranking right now the rest of the season for a defenseman, he would be a top-five guy for me because of the things that Pete said, what he did last year, the usage rate, the time on the on the power play that he's going to get, all the minutes that he's going to rack up. He loves to shoot the puck. I mean, he was one of our favorite shot prop guys last year throughout the playoffs, two and a half. I mean, he was doing it in the first period. Uh, so I love Oliver ekman Larson's game, what he's brought to the tables. Definitely a home in Florida as opposed to Vancouver. Things didn't work out for him there, but he's an easy sell high candidate for me and it's tough to sell defensemen maybe nobody's really buying in it's like uh Jonas Johansson for Tampa those back-to-back -back shutouts like sell immediately and now this guy's <laughs> got one of the worst goals saved above expected in in the entire NHL at five and five so um I would try to flip him if I could uh and you got Montour you've been waiting for this moment you you just make sure you you activate him when the Florida Panthers do and it should be this week you said the word Vancouver, Meanie, and that's the team that I've been dying, dying to talk about on this <laughs> podcast. So I need to pick your brain because you open up the NHL points leaders today. And right at the top, guys, you have three Vancouver Canucks, JT Miller, Pedersen, and Hughes tied for the league lead in points, 26 apiece. Brock Besser rounding out the top 10. Are any of these guys you would people you would consider selling high on right now in fantasy? Or do you think the Canucks can genuinely keep up this pace throughout the entire season, Meanie? Yeah, it's a great question. It's hard to imagine them keeping up this pace. Like they're just scoring left, right, and center. These guys are on pace for well over a hundred points. I think the only guy that I would consider selling is is Brock Besser, but it's really tough in the moment to sell a guy who's scoring almost every single game and the Vancouver Canucks are putting up five or six bucks, five or six goals a night. So I, I would say yes, and it's not to be disrespectful on Brock Besser, but injuries have, have been an issue in his game. So maybe that creeps in, but at this moment, why not just continue to keep these guys? JT Miller and Brock Besser are phenomenal. Elias Patterson's picking up an assist every other night. And Quinn Hughes is just uh, on another level at the moment. So, Anna, maybe you just you just ride these guys out until things slow down. But, you know, if you could get a Jason Robertson, who's been a little bit 
hot and cold better lately. Like I would take Jason Robertson over Brock Besser. And that may seem like a loss at the moment, but I believe in Jason Robertson's upside to be a hundred point player as opposed to Brock Besser being a hundred point guy. It's funny. Exactly what I was going to bring up means like if you can get your hands on a Jason Robertson, even an Andre Vasilevsky, I, I think the easiest of those three guys has to be Brock Besser just because of, uh, you know, the, the longevity of the player. Like we, you know, A, the injuries would be like we haven't really seen this type of clip of production. Um, so I think it's a simple one. And again, if you can upgrade Pete, I, I would be all over that, would you? Yeah, and you could sell high on Philip Ronick too. The guy's on a crazy yeah. point streak right now, 17 yeah. points in 16 games. Who on earth could have ever expected that? But he is making a big difference as a secondary scorer and a defenseman on that team that really needed to beef up beef up its blue line and they did it at the deadline in sneaky fashion last year so you could do like philip ronick sell high and get um brandon montour maybe that could be a little creative one and then even at the goalie position i know somebody mentioned vasilevsky you could sell high on aiden hill with his value at the peak right now and maybe get a vasilevsky there actually was a trade offer involving uh hill i think in flurry to buy low on Vasilevsky ahead of his return from injury delivered by Skip. That's a tough one too, right? Because we brought up uh, Aiden Hill the last couple podcasts, just how he could be like the sneaky Vesna called or Vesna, uh, you know, look this year. Obviously, what Alinas Allmark did last year, but I think there's got to be regression coming in Vegas's game a bit. So I like that look uh, quite a bit. We mentioned Quinn Hughes uh, means with the Vancouver Canucks. Jack Hughes is eyeing a return, as mentioned off the top for the New Jersey Devils. Looks like he's pinpointing Saturday against the New York Rangers. Are the Devils proving that this guy should win the Hart Trophy this season? They're 1-4-0 in five games without him here. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it, it hurts, too, that they're without Nico Heischer. They're a very, very different team. Been picking on them, you know, in the DFS community and the betting market over the past couple of weeks when you're without your your top center and your second center. You know, Anna said she was at the game and the Capitals took it to them. I and mean, not overly surprised because <laughs> it's, a, it's a bit of a drop-off when you go to McLeod and Dawson Mercer up the middle. And I like Dawson Mercer quite a bit. But, yeah, Jack Hughes was getting some MVP run. Uh, when McDavid went down, we put a little bit of a sprinkle over at FTN on the six to one for him. And then he went down, but, uh, yes, when you're looking at this devil squad at the moment, it's clear that he was the early candidate for MVP. And when we did the, the draft show and was all over Jack Hughes, I think fourth, maybe fifth overall took the leap to get him D does not look like a mistake. And I would expect him to still flirt with 85 points missing a couple weeks. Um, so yeah, he would be my MVP candidate early on in the season. And I would not sell Aiden Hill though, by the way, guys, like the Vegas golden Knights are going to regress a touch, uh, but this team is, is phenomenal. And I know this may sound crazy, but I would rather have Aiden Hill than, than Vasilevsky. I know we were all on the draft show together, guys, but I would rather never talk about that draft show again because it has <laughs> been absolutely brutal for me this season. But speaking about the New Jersey Devils, like an entire team futures outlook, Meanie. So many people were so high on this team heading into this season, thinking that they could win the Metro. They were in the conversation to win the President's Trophy. Some people had them going all the way in the postseason. But if you regress this much without one or two guys, and Nico Heischer is not having his best start to the season either, right? It's mostly the absence of Jack Hughes that is causing them to go into a spiral. These other pieces that they picked up just have not been performing. Do you worry about them in terms of a futures perspective? 
Uh, maybe a little bit. It's more so their goaltending that I worry about. They're not getting any stability in net. They're going back and forth between the goalies, and and neither of them have really taken charge of the net. And it was Schmid last year who had better five and five numbers than Vanacek in the playoffs. He was a much better goalie. So uh, I do worry about their goaltending. I think that once they're at full health, we'll start to see some of these guys get going. Like if you can buy low on Timo Meyer. You know, uh, Tyler Toffoli was off to a, a wicked start with Jack Hughes as well. Like, those are players that I, I really do believe in. Um, and in terms of the Metro, I still like them a lot more than... I know the Rangers are cooking, but I still like them a lot more than the Rangers. They beat New York in the playoffs last year. Uh, there's no no consistency in the Penguins game at the moment. Carolina, I think they're slightly overrated. So I still like them overall, but I'd lean some of those teams in the East, Anna, or in the the Atlantic, rather, like the Bruins or the Leafs as as maybe more rounded than those squads. Means a nine-game slate on Thursday in the NHL. Any spots you're looking at? Personally, I, I like Tampa on the road in Chicago, and I think Montreal keeps things closer against uh, Vegas. Yeah, they played the Golden Knights pretty tight uh, over the the short course of Vegas' career. I'm looking at you. Want to hear the yeah. stats for that? By the yeah, way, yeah, I do. Give it three to of me. the past four meetings, one goal games. Eight of their all time eleven meetings, one goal games. Montreal, Vegas, and a lot of overtime games. Yeah. Uh, I know that they outplayed them in Vegas, and I think they lost in a shootout earlier in the year. I was at one of the games in Vegas on Halloween night. It was uh, <laughs> Montreal came back and won that. What a time! Everybody's everybody's got a mask. You can't see anyone's face, but it was it was freaky but cool at the same time. Uh, I got a couple props for you guys. Uh, L.A. and Florida t- tonight. Uh, I mentioned that the Panthers, seven-plus goals in six straight games. Barkoff for an assist at plus 110. He's got 10 assists on the season, points in nine of his last 13 games. Uh, Kopitar as well. Uh, he's plus money for an assist, plus 140 for an assist. He's got 14 uh, points in 14 games. He's hit the score sheet in 11 of his last 14 as well. And I'll go back to Robert Thomas. Like, this isn't a historically bad San Jose team, and I really don't expect them to turn it around. When Logan Couture gets back, maybe their defensive game is a touch better, but this is a team that's allowing 70 shot attempts at 5-5 five and five per 60. The most shots, the most scoring chances, the most high-danger chances at 5-5. Five and five. The Blues are playing really good right now. 10 points over the last two weeks is a team high for, Ro- for Robert Thomas. Seven-game point streak. He is minus 105 for an assist, and Brayden Shen is plus 150 for an assist, and I expect Jordan Kyra and them to hook up tonight. Nice. And you were talking about Kopitar. He's playing on a really robust line with Adrian Kempe, oh. who has been elite for a couple of years now, still underrated. And then Quinton Byfield. We've laughed about this comparison and debate in the past, but let's circle back to the 2020 NHL draft. <laughs> Lafreniere is playing really well. Quinton Byfield is playing even better. Which guy would you rather have for the rest of the season playing on top lines? Oh, Ah, man. I think Quentin Byfield. I'm just a sucker for Adrian Kempe and uh, Andre Kopitar, and it seems like he's going to stick. But, man, credit to Alexi because he's scoring goals. Uh, And he has – last year was a great finish for him as well. But I'll lean with Byfield here. There's something going on with that 5-5 and line. They've scored a lot of goals at 5-5 and as well. Love me some QB as well means as we say goodbye for another hit here on this show. Appreciate your time. Anything cooking over at uh, Dangle Bet Selly, my man? Yeah, we're going to uh, get together with Eric Young here a little bit later on today. He's going to call about 45 goal scorers. And, <laughs> Crazy, uh, like he, he just loves it. We get eight games slate on a Tuesday. I'll sit there for it's five minutes. It's all the minutes, chair put, shots, man. Put the hands <laughs> back of the head and just feet up and listen to his goal scorers. He's got an eight-leg maniac parlay, and he usually goes like seven for eight. But, yeah, we'll, we'll talk some fantasy hockey. We'll tee up uh, week seven of the fantasy hockey season, take a look at four games, teams that are playing four games. This is a weird week, right? There's a lot of teams with two games and one game now. Next week is a more 
more normal with four games there. Thanks so much for joining us, Chris. You could follow all of Chris's bets in hockey and his fantasy plays for the NFL as well at FTN Network. Thanks again, man. Appreciate you guys. The one and only uh, Chris Meany. And uh, guys, I don't know about you. I'm looking forward to this weekend and uh, Jack Hughes' return. It's been tough watching Devils games lately, Pete, and not because Anna's been on them. (laughs) <laughs> it's been tough watching any local team not named the Rangers lately. Wanted to quickly get to the Islanders. They are a, a mess right now, right? Oof. If you don't have guys like Sorokin or Noah Dobson, Anna, like anybody might be droppable on this team in fantasy. One fan was asking question delivered by Skip. Guy tried to connect with uh, Horvat and Barzell in his preseason draft and is now going to have to cut the cord on someone. He did specify it's a face-off league, so definitely keep Bo Horvat in that format. But he was looking at dropping Barzell for Quinton Byfield. you got to make that move, I think. Honestly, at this point, yeah, the New York Islanders are just like dead on arrival, guys. It's it's quite <laughs> bad on the island. Every game I'm watching for these guys, it's Noah Dobson, everyone else. Even Elia Sorokin is underperforming to his ceiling, right? He's a guy I reached on in a lot of drafts, was very, very high on him as the best goalie in the NHL in fantasy this season. That's not necessarily the case. His team is just leaving him out to dry, and it's tough to be optimistic there, Nick. Is it just me or like being in a face-off league is like cutting your lawn with a mechanical mower? Like it's it's tough. Like that that's that that's commitment to, to face-offs and draws in this league. But I, I'm with you. I'm fading the New York Islanders. I won't lie. I had a bit of coin on them against the Vancouver Canucks. Love the revenge angle with Horvat. He scores. Everything's setting up. Pete, they must have taken. 15 penalties which I think is a recipe for disaster against oh the top PP unit in the league like I, I don't understand like I, I not to say that Lane, Lon, Lane Lambert excuse me has lost them but I, I think we're at a point where they have to make a decision behind the bench soon here yeah and I think a lot of the fans might be taking it out on Lambert a little bit but I know a lot of them yeah. are frustrated with Lou as well I mean just like oh, the yeah. direction of that team the past couple of years I know he made the move to get Horvat, but it just hasn't yielded much dividend. One other guy that I would keep uh, patience with is Brock Nelson. You know, I still yes. think that guy has 35-40 goal potential, even after a slowish start scored in the game against Vancouver. And Anna, we were looking right the other day, 10 shots on goal against the Edmonton Oilers. Not many players are capable of something like that. Yeah, they really aren't. But you know what? I'm like truly done talking about the New York Islanders right now, guys. <laughs> They've gotten way too much airtime on this show for what they're doing. I feel like there's just value everywhere else. The Pittsburgh Penguins, take a look at that team right now, Nick. I feel like we haven't talked about them at all. They've been heating up. Everyone on that team is on these point streaks. The big guys are showing out. Evgeny Mulkin is a guy who drops a lot in fantasy leagues. If you picked him up, you're probably thrilled with the way he's playing. That entire first power play unit they have in Pittsburgh, if you can get any piece of that, maybe five up some good trades I like the Penguins production potential night after night ho-hum another hat trick for Sidney Crosby yeah they're they're going to be a team that goes up and down throughout the season in my opinion still wonder about their goaltending but Eric Carlson's getting more comfortable by the game which is great to see for that back end too Chris Letang is healthy and I think on paper they have a great roster I just want to see how it works on the ice but that that's going to be a true battle in the Metro Pete I think four teams are going to make the playoffs that's my feel at least like who's going to squeak in there is the question for me you never know. It could be the Philadelphia Flyers. When I Somebody was talking about torts yeah. and that impact. Remember what torts did with the Blue Jackets. Some of those years, like even the year after they lost, like Panarin, Bobrovsky, and Duchesne, like there was not that much talent on that team, and he was still keeping them competitive and always in the playoff circle. So he could certainly do a lot more with, with the Philadelphia Flyers and some of their young talent. 
And there's been no one higher on the Carolina Hurricanes in the entire world than me. But in that game against the Philadelphia Flyers, guys, that is one of the worst Hurricanes performances I have seen. Yeah. Uh, at least in the Rod Brindamore era of the, him being their head coach. It was a pretty, pretty brutal showing. And we got a bunch of fan questions about guys like Brady Shea, about Svechnikov having a slow start to the year. And the Carolina Hurricanes are getting all their pieces back. Like Freddie Anderson's out of the mix, but most of their big guys are right there for the taking. Are you concerned at this point, Nick? Do you think like me and so many other people have been way too high on the squad? Probably not. No, I think they're a good team. I like their depth in the back end. Uh, I, I will tell you I'm concerned as a Kochekov owner. Like so many stops and starts, I think it's getting to him. And I think we see why they have like a Halak practicing there because I don't know how highly they feel about Kochekov right now. Not, not to mention, I mean, defensively, they've been a tire fire. So until they rectify that, it does not matter who the Carolina Hurricanes have in between the pipes. But I'm buying on that team. I think they're a really good team, and I think they're going to be up there uh, when all things are said and done here in the uh, regular season, at least. Who delivered the most for you in fantasy hockey this week? It's time for the Deliver of the Week brought to you by Skip, the official food delivery app of the NHL. Pete, we'll go to you first. I'll go with Tristan Jari. I mean, this guy's been a shutout machine. Three shutouts leads the entire NHL. I know the Penguins started slow and he was banged up a little bit, but if they can get stability there, they can climb the standings very quickly with their star power of Carlson, who's having a pretty good year, by the way, very quietly, and then Crosby, Malkin, and Latang. I have to go with the Vancouver Canucks once again. I feel like it's the early 2010s all over again, guys. And Philip Hronick is a guy who deserves way more credit than he's gotten. 17 points in his first 16 games. Only three games without a point this season. He's on fire. I'm going to go with a guy one time in my life back at NHL Network Radio. I called him a loser, like a literal loser. Like he loses a lot, not an actual loser. Matt Duchesne, my guy. I love you, Matt Duchesne. Last 10 games, 6 goals, 7 assists, 13 points, and another just stellar veteran pickup by Jimmy Nill and company there in Dallas. It was Pavelski a couple years ago. Now it's Matt Duchesne. He's been fantastic. That's your Delivery of the Week brought to you by Skip, the official food delivery app of the NHL as we tie up some loose ends here and and look ahead, Pete, to the waiver wire uh, edition next week. Week 7 already. I also, before we wrap, wanted to touch on the Global Series. Anything that you guys are looking forward to? I'm no, I know I'm looking forward to that German matchup with Stutzla and Sider, two of my favorite players in the league on Thursday afternoon. A couple of nice matinee games involving four teams, your Maple Leafs, uh, Nick and Anna, and you know Minnesota Wild and Ottawa Senators looking to get back on track this season here. Avicii Arena, right, is uh, where they're playing the games. I love the legend of Avicii. Cool. And, uh, yeah, just looking in general at some of the Swedes, Willie Nylander, uh, what, 15-game point streak in to start the year here? Yeah, he's been unreal. He's been on fire. I knew he could do this. I'm so happy he's proving the doubters he's had unnecessarily throughout the early parts of his career wrong right now. That's a very heavy Swedish team, guys. Swedish hockey is a very unique culture. I've spent some time there, and it's absolutely a world of its own. Great to see guys like Matt Sundin out for the game and all of the big factors in Swedish hockey history just being there. It's really great, especially for a team like the Leafs that has so many of those players on their Gotta roster. go for Fika. Gotta go for Fika. So we uh, look forward to watching that, of course. Uh, Jack Hughes has returned this weekend, and we'll see how the Buffalo Sabres respond to the uh, news of Tage Thompson's injury as we get set next week for the Week 7 Waiver Wire edition. So that should be a lot of fun coming up early next week. Thanks to producer Bob Bender. Of course, our great guest and Chris Meany from the FTN Network. For Pete Jensen and Anna Dua, I'm Nick Alberga. You've been listening to NHL Fantasy on Ice, delivered by Skip, the official food delivery app of the NHL.